Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Hello and welcome to a July 25th, Monday, emergency edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I am your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com and formerly the Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Colonial. I did have a podcast today, but it was going to be of a different sort. Uh, and then some news happened this morning, and it was not the uh, signing of Tim Quarterman to Blazers training camp, but it was the announcement that the Blazers have signed well, the report from the vertical, excuse me, that the Blazers have signed C.J. McCollum to a four-year, $106 million contract extension. And that's huge, huge news. The Blazers have locked in their backcourt for the next five years. Both McCollum and Damian Lillard will be under contract through the 2021 season. And according to the vertical's report, McCollum's extension, like Lillard's, has no options on either side. So, this is this is big. The Blazers were talking last week at the Myers Leonard and Alan Crabb press conference about sustainability, getting behind their draft picks, and hoping for growth from within. And this is just another example of that, and uh, another manifestation of that. And it it's big because you know he could have gone to free agency. McCollum could have gone to free agency next year, and had a restricted deal thrown in him that would have been big and could have messed up Portland's cap sheet. But this takes that out of the realm of possibilities for the Blazers. And they have their backcourt for the future locked in here until 2021. Damian Lillard's max extension, which was negotiated last year, will go into effect this season. And this year he's going to be making over $24 million a season. And it will continue to go up as he achieved Rose Rule status. And for those of you that don't know or don't remember, the Rose Rule means that you can unlock a certain pay grade if you win the MVP award, make multiple NBA team, all NBA teams, or are selected as a starter in the All-Star game in your first four years as a player. Lillard made second team All-NBA this past year, so that allowed him to get the raise. However, his Rose Rule deal is worth 27.5% of the cap instead of a possible 30 And even with that discount, he will be making $31.6 million in the final year of his deal. But at least Lillard knows now, and we all know now, that his partner in buckets, C.J. McCollum, will be right beside him throughout the duration of that contract. And with Alan Crabb and Myers Leonard signed through 2019-20 season, the Blazers are clearly making bets on their own draft picks, something that Olshay addressed last Friday when they talked about the re-signing of Crabb and Leonard. So you have four players that are signed for long-term deals here. You also throw in Evan Turner into that deal, who's got a $70 million deal over four years this offseason. And you've got at least five players there locked in through the 2019-20 season. And you've got Al Farouk Aminu, who goes through 2018-19. And 
you know, you've got your your future pretty much locked in here. Obviously, they, they've got some other players that are going to be coming up on free agency soon. Mason Plumley is a guy who is going to be who is technically eligible for an extension, but it's probably just going to go into restricted free agency next summer. And this is this is who the Blazers are now. They're hoping and making a bet on their core, their group from last year, making. A considerable jump and that's what they have to hope for and when you look at the signing of McCollum let's just focus on McCollum for a minute he has one more year left on his deal at 3.2 million dollars which is a steal because that's you know usually how you want your rookie contracts to work you want them to be a steal and McCollum is definitely going to be that next year at 3.2 million and that's what allowed them The fact that they have him on such a good value deal, that's the stuff that allowed them to throw a lot of money at Evan Turner. Whether you agree with it or not, they added somebody else to the team and they wanted to spend their money and they had to spend that money because they're going to spend it anyway. And they're in a position where they had to do it. And as reported by the vertical, McCollum's extension is worth $106 million. It's a max contract. That is – it's a max deal, but – He's totally worth it, especially when you measure it up against a lot of players that have been getting max contracts in the past two off-seasons. But even without that comparison, I think McCollum is totally worth it. Financials aside with what a lot of guys are getting, what the market is commanding for a lot of players, McCollum and Lillard were two of the league's best scorers in pick-and-roll situations last year. According to Synergy Sports stats on NBA.com, McCollum and Lillard both scored an identical number of points per possession and were ranked 7th in the league. In points per possession, they scored on average 0.92 points per possession on pick and rolls. And that seventh ranking that they both tied for is among players that recorded at least 300 pick and roll possessions. So this is not just like, oh, okay, you know, it's some, they had to actually qualify for this. And the Blazers were the only team that had two players in the top 10 in points per possession in the pick and roll. And they were one of the only teams to have two players. They were one of two teams that had two players in the top 15. That other team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, with a couple of guys you may have heard of, Kyrie Irving and LeBron James, who were also in the top 15 in points per possession in the pick and roll. So the NBA has become pick and roll league it is the it is the normal way of attacking teams it's the traditional way that teams attack teams and the blazers have two of the best players in the league at that and when you throw in the fact that you've got shooters like Alan Crabb you've got a shooter like Myers Leonard and you and even Alfred Camino who knocked down shots last year this team is going to be good they're going to have room to grow McCollum and Lillard are still very young Lillard is just about to enter his prime McCollum is is just outside of his prime and so you have two guys here who are two of the best at the most important play in the NBA today and you have locked them up through 2020-2021 so that's huge. And while there's a lot of arguments that I've seen from a lot of Blazer fans, a lot of basketball fans, that their money should be better spent elsewhere. It's too much to invest that much money in a backcourt. Well, there is no better place to spend their money. Those places that you're talking about, those players that they could spend money on, those possibilities don't exist because if they existed, they would be done. 
And so I'm sure that, you know, the Blazers have a lot of players here that maybe one day they could package into a trade, but I don't know if that's what they want to do. And given the argument for sustainability and the fact that they have just been unable to sign big time free agents that can definitely help them now, they have a guy who's elite already on the roster and they've locked him in, which is exactly what they should have done. And it was a smart move also for McCollum financially because the thinking generally has been and generally with all free agents is it's better to wait it's better to wait until you become a free agent so that way you can lock in the most money possible and he could have leveraged the Blazers and gone into restricted free agency and gotten more de- more money up front gotten a bigger deal more with a trade kicker or something but or or player options what have you but he elected not to do that. And then there's another reason why he did that other than probably just wanting to be with the Blazers, wanting to play with Damian Lillard, who's a close friend of his. But there's a possibility that the owners or the players union could opt out of the current collective bargaining agreement after this upcoming season. And they might enact a new cap structure. They might do something to the system to change it. And, now the Blazers don't really have to have that. The Blazers and McCollum don't have to have that anxiety. McCollum is going to get his money. It's locked in. The Blazers have a core that's locked in, and they don't have to worry about uh, a new cap structure or you know a compressed free agency, which is what we saw in the last lockout where the lockout ended, and then it's two weeks before the season starts and you have these flurries of signings and guys going left and right. And there's no time for any of these teams or the players really to think, well, free agents are are, are signing places. And so you don't have to worry about this now. And, And so the, the shortened free agency could have been another possibility that could have thrown things out of whack. And the lockout thing is real. I mean, a lot of the smartest people that cover the league, Guys like Zach Lowe are anticipating that, you know, it's possible that a lockout's way more possible than it ever was even a couple of months ago. Kevin Durant going to the Warriors has obviously been a thing that people have pointed to, but then it was made even more of a thing by Adam Silver's comments about not liking super teams and that those two things have been kind of the driving force behind that belief. Cause when you hear Adam Silver saying that you have to think that it's the owners that are saying, okay, well we can't have this. This is a competitive balance issue. And that can be something that the owners use to push for a lockout amongst their fellow owners. And that's a real possibility. The league is swimming in money. Financials are not really the issue, but what the issue probably is now is that the owners have an argument to say, hey, we need a new structure so that two of the best five players in the league, which is the case of what they have going on in in Golden State with with Durant and Curry, and then you throw in Draymond Green, who's a top 10 player, and you have Klay Thompson, who's probably a top 15 player, their argument is going to be to try and prevent those things from happening. And that is way more possible now than it ever was because of that. And and with Adam Silver already throwing out that line that he doesn't like, you know, dominant super teams that are the prohibitive favorite entering the season, you really have to consider that as a real thing. And I'm sure that the Blazers and McCollum took that into account because 
I'm sure that McCollum did want to be in Portland, but if you're thinking to yourself just as a human being, like, hey, there's a potential, there's a possibility that the place that I want to work in is not going to be able to sign me if something happens. I want to make sure that I can be here. Or if the cap structure cap structure changes and my earning potential is going to be cut, I want to make sure that I get as much as I can. And now the Blazers and McCollum have a little bit less anxiety about the future. And, you know, they may have to make some changes if there's a new cap structure or whatever. But as far as their two best players are concerned, those two guys are locked in. And as we addressed last week after the Leonard and Crab press conferences, having players who are willing to play in Portland is the first step to getting guys here. And in McCollum, they have that. They have a guy that enjoys the city. He lives here mostly full time. You know, he's doing an internship for the Players Tribune. And but he still is around. He's still working out from here to time to time. And he and Lillard are very close. And he's close with the coaches. He and him and Damian Lillard are very close with assistant coach David Vanterpool. So you throw all those in, and you have a guy who's already sold on Portland and is an elite player. So if if you want to argue that hey they're not really worth that blah blah blah, well it's not. That's not the case. He is worth that. He's absolutely worth that. And he wants to be here, which is the first step in getting guys here. And with him and Lillard, you have a unique tandem. They are the most efficient two players in the pick and roll of any team in the NBA. And as we've stated, as if you've watched basketball since the seven seconds or less Suns, Back in the day, the pick and roll has become the most important play in the league, and you understand how valuable it is to have not just one, but two guys who are elite in the pick and roll, elite at creating and finishing and scoring. They had two Blazers, had two players that averaged over 20 points a game. So you you bring all of that in there, and this is a good move for the Blazers, especially for where they are, what their lot is when it comes to getting free agents, and they are locked into the future here. There's no doubt about where the future is going to be. And I don't think that you can discount the effect that that has on the players and on the potential product, because I think, you know, a lot of people have said about the Damian Lillard signing, well, it would have been smarter for the Blazers to wait until free agency and wait for Lillard to play out his contract. And then that way they could have maximized all their cap space and they could have brought somebody in and signed another max player, whatever, whatever. But they weren't going to sign the max player that you're talking about. And you can't discount the value in someone knowing that they care, that that their employer cares about them, that they have their back. And with McCollum, that's what you have here. That's what you had with Lillard. And now you have two guys that have the backing of the organization that are going to do whatever they can for the team moving forward. And I don't think you can discount the mental human factor in that. Whereas, yeah, sure, you know, the cap space argument with the Lillard thing, it, it, is, it does make sense on paper, but this game is not played on paper. It, 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 it's not. And these guys are humans, and, and that is an important thing to, to keep in mind. And then you also look at the numbers, and you, you have to say, okay, well, this makes sense for them. McCollum improved his finishing last year, one of the best mid-range shooters in the league. In addition to having the best three-point percentage, we saw in the playoffs that he can carry the offense in a big-time situation. He and Lillard can be a dangerous tandem in the in the playoffs. It doesn't matter that whether the games are regular season or playoffs. These guys can score when with the lights out if they're playing outside, if they're playing in the 24-hour fitness, they're going to score. And 
hopefully with the addition of Turner and potential improvement from Crab and Myers Leonard, their their load can be a little bit lightened. And the Blazers are still going to rely on McCollum to create offense with or without Lillard on the floor. But he's shown that even without Lillard on the floor, he can score with the best of them. I, I remember for me in my assessment of McCollum, a turning point for me was when Lillard was out and McCollum carried the team. And he had that game where he went 35-11-9 against Sacramento. And you just see that he's a special player. And teams around the NBA don't have two guys like that. At least most of them don't. I mean, obviously, you got the Warriors. You got the Cavs. And, okay, those are very unique situations. But outside of that, there aren't teams that have two guys that are as elite at scoring, shooting from all over the court, can interchange positionally at point guard and can both run point guard you teams just don't have that and the blazers are unique and they are going to be tough to stop if they continue to improve which all of these guys are young so you have to assume that they will how high is their ceiling i don't know but they're giving themselves a chance to compete they're giving themselves a a chance to compete with teams like utah teams like san antonio teams like the clippers who are you know, starting to age, especially with Chris Paul, you know, they're giving themselves a chance with those other teams that are below the Warriors and giving themselves a chance. Hey, you know, there is a possibility that, you know, a couple of the Warriors best players get hurt. That is possible. And, and things happen. So they're giving themselves a chance to compete and maybe get to a conference finals one day here, potentially, you know, if, things happen if they catch some breaks which that always affects the NBA the Blazers are giving themselves a chance here and that's all you can really ask for given all the things that have happened in the past couple of years when they lose LaMarcus Aldridge they lose you know they they're unable to get big time free agents that's all you want and they have that and I know there's Again, a lot of people say you can't win behind two scoring guards, and I know that it's failed a lot of times in the league, but it has happened before. You look at Joe Dumars and Isaiah Thomas won championships together. Uh, You look at a uh, a group like Kevin Johnson and Jeff Hornacek back in the late, late 80s, early 90s that went to a conference finals together. That was before they traded Hornacek for Charles Barkley, but those two guys went to a conference finals, and this is... It's not impossible to win with two guys like this, but you have to fill the holes in your roster in other ways. You have to be more creative in getting guys, and the two guards thing fails a lot, but that's usually because the two guys don't get along. One of them thinks that they have to be the guy, and it's clear that that rift doesn't exist with Lillard and McCollum. They are legitimately friends. Probably now that Tim Frazier is gone, McCollum is Lillard's best friend on the team, and so... They have a very close relationship, and that I don't see that affecting. I don't see the 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 relationship coming into effect and kind of ruining the vibe that they have. And the Blazers, by virtue of being in Portland again, it's objectively difficult to get non to get out of town free agents to come, and they can't build their team in a conventional way. And this is kind of their only choice. I wrote a piece for Blazers Edge on Friday that address this point into greater detail, which you can check out. But the crux of it is, is that the Blazers have been pushed into this strategy of sustainability because of their environment. And it, it it's just a, a fact of the way that Olshay has surveyed the landscape. I'm sure he's tried to go out and get bigger names. They tried to get Chandler Parsons and it didn't work and, and, and they weren't able to do it. And so this is the type of stuff they have to do. And it's smart and it, it could, it honestly could be a lot worse. The McCollum extension probably would have happened anywhere with any team that he was on if he had give, 
gotten that opportunity. But the Blazers, especially given the fact that they aren't able to attract two game changers, true game changers, guys that can really make an immediate impact in free agency, they have to make sure that they keep the game changers that they have and that they go about filling the roster in other ways. The Blazers, yes, they're going to be very, very expensive. We've addressed this several times, even before this McCollum extension happened. They're going to be a luxury tax team in the immediate future, whether it's this year, but they're definitely going to be a a luxury tax team next year. And if Mo Harkless does come back, which it seems as time passes, that's going to be, it it seems unlikely, but I I still think that they're going to bring him back. But if if they pay him anything above $8.9 million, they will dip into the tax this year. And then that would set them up to be a repeater tax team next year with an even bigger tax bill. Uh, Danny LaRue of the Dunked On Basketball Podcast, Real GM Radio, Sporting News, lots of places, uh, calculated that he he expects the Blazers to have a $27 million luxury tax bill. But teams are going to have to pay that, especially in this market with a lot of guys getting a lot of money. And it's, it's evident by the fact that they went after – a big free agent name in addition to bringing back all their restricted free agents, or at least most of them, that the luxury tax isn't a concern with this team. As I've stated before, Paul Allen was moved last year by the performance of his team, and you have to take that into account, and I'm sure that he's ready and willing to pay anything for this team. And I think this is just more of what we're seeing. They're not going to be worried about paying the luxury tax. He's one of the richest owners in the league, and so – They have a true number two now that is locked in until 2020-2021. So you have that going for you as the Blazers. And now your hope is is that you – one of the guys that you've signed or one of the guys that maybe you haven't signed yet can really develop – that's on the roster – can really develop into a true number three, true number four players. And and so that they have a, a, a set unit of guys that they can really count on. In the future, and I think they're hoping that Crab can be that. Maybe they're hoping that Evan Turner can be something like that. Maybe Myers Leonard, and so, uh, you, you, or even Aminu. You, you, you don't know. All, all these guys are super young, and the Blazers are giving themselves a room for all of those guys to grow. And if one of them does, or mul- you know, they're probably hoping that multiple guys do. You know, that is going to help them be successful, and that's really their only option to get better. And the Blazers have hope. And with Willard and McCollum, if they had just had those two guys, they would already have enough reason to. But if they can get consistent growth from the rest of their roster, they can really compete with everybody in the West for the foreseeable future. So a big, big moment today. The Blazers signed C.J. McCollum to a four-year extension worth $106 million, locking in their dynamic backcourt through the 2020-21 season. Thank you for listening to an emergency edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Eric Garcia-Gunderson. Subscribe to Locked On Blazers on Audio Boom, on iTunes, or through RSS feeds if you're an Android user. Leave us a five-star review, which definitely helps us. And please tell your friends we are going to provide content that is local. It's daily. It's right here for you on Locked On Blazers. Tell everybody and bring some more listeners like us. Follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnBlazers. If you have questions that you want us to address, hit us up on Gmail. we got a, we got a Gmail email account, LockedOnBlazers, one word, at gmail.com. We had some guests last week. We had Kevin Pelton from ESPN. We had Dane Carbaugh from the Rewind, from the Rewind and 
we're going to keep getting you more guests. We're going to keep bringing you this content, this Blazers analysis. So please come back. Listen to Lockdown Blazers. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for joining me.